uh, I'm gonna just jump right into it. Uh, a couple of extra things I wanted to, I wanted to hit on because I forgot to get the pictures ready last week, and I almost forgot this morning. And uh, and uh, but I wanted to show the pictures from India of Pastor Walt and Abraham and Mary. Uh, and so you can see Mary's in the corner there, and then there's the three of them. They're there at uh, India Gospel Missions, uh, their, their ministry uh, school and, and headquarters that's there in India. Um, and so a picture of them. And Pastor Walt is back. Uh, so he is back in the States, arrived actually last Sunday. And, um, and so he's back. And then, but Abraham and Mary, uh, they're still gone for some time. Um, and uh, they have lots of work to do. But uh, they had an amazing opportunity of Abraham brings in students uh, from all over India into his, his ministry school and then educates them, prepares them, and then sends them back into their villages to begin churches. That's an amazing thing that the Life Church is a part of. I know some of y'all are part of. Um, I know Beck and I, we, we were... Uh, challenged this year and in, in, in giving a, a little bit more and doing something more and 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 uh, and, and supporting uh, some of that and um, and so anyway it's just really awesome and so they're able to bring those pastors back in though and have some ministry for them uh, to help them and so that's just a really awesome opportunity so that's just something the Life Church was a part of our senior pastor Walt Landers was there and uh, and so that was awesome and then I also want to say thank you for last Sunday. Friendsgiving was fantastic. Y'all filled me up. I had so much food. I, we had three kinds of mac and cheeses. I know um, uh, uh, Matt and Abby aren't here. They're visiting family for Thanksgiving. I know we had a competition between the two of them. And I stood up here, and since they're not here, I'll tell you the truth. Um, <laughs> I stood up here and I was like, well, you know, as a husband to a wife who cooks, I got aside with Abby's mac and cheese was better. But then when she was off busy doing something, I went up to Matt and I said, don't worry, yours was actually better. And so to me, they both win. And, uh, and so anyway, Friendsgiving last Sunday was fantastic. I look forward to that every year. Um, and uh, even if it has to shift or change or adjust, whatever that looks like. And so that was just, that was just awesome. There's so much amazing good food and different kinds of food. And so anyway, awesome stuff. Uh, I'm going to jump into the message uh, talking about a guy named Jerry Springer. I don't know if how many of you might know the name Jerry Springer. I was living in Ohio when he became super popular with his TV show. And I know, I don't know, we'll, we'll see how many of y'all might know who I'm talking about. But, but uh, Jerry Springer, he had this, this kind of talk show thing that went really like really negative, like really like, I mean, super drama, hyper drama, like crazy stuff. Jerry Springer, anybody know, uh, you ain't all that and a bag of, if you know that word, we're going to pray for you at the end of service. <laughs> I know Pastor David, you're going to be there with me. Um, I was like, oh my goodness, that phrase came so popular. The Jerry Springer show. I know I shouldn't confess this and admit this, but man, I watched that show. Um, I, I'm thankful that, that my life is still okay because of it. <laughs> and I say that because he just came out and, uh, and it's just funny. And I thought this was funny in light of who we're going to talk about today. So don't worry, it's all relevant. I'm not just up here, just, just joshing for nothing, but, um, to use more nineties terms. And, um, <laughs> I'm like, I've dipped into the nineties. This is scary. I don't know what today's going to look like now. And, um, and so, <laughs> um, but Jerry Springer, he came out uh, this week or recently, whenever it was, I saw it this week, I think it was, and he apologized to America for what his show had done to culture. <laughs> he came out and apologized 
to what had taken place. I, I thought of like Jerry Springer is almost like today's Zacchaeus. We got a story of Zacchaeus who was a really, um, I don't want to say Jerry Springer is a horrible person, but he did horrible things, Zacchaeus, to his people, his community. And we have a story of his life being transformed and turned around. Today's title is The Miracle of Giving. Um, and, uh, and, and we'll jump into this, but I thought about that with, with Jerry, Jerry Springer. Uh, maybe you got someone else in mind for who today's Zacchaeus might be, but we'll jump into the text and we'll get started with the story. I love this story. In Luke 19, that's where we're going to be, and uh, it'll be all verses 1 through 10, but I'm going to kind of break it apart, so we'll hit a few verses and, and uh, break it down. But in Luke 19:1, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. Some of you are singing the Sunday school song. I didn't really grow up in church as a kid, kind of just a little bit like holidays and kind of stuff. And, and so I don't know the, the, the song as well as some of y'all might know it, but uh, maybe it might be like an earworm that's already going in your head and you can't stop it. And, and there you go. Merry Christmas. And uh, so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road for Jesus was going to pass that way. He's not just a tax collector. He's a chief tax collector. The, the, the text is, is very specific to acknowledge his position that, that he's not just someone who does bad things, but he's the guy who, who orchestrates the bad things. And, and a little bit, just so you understand and make sure you know that like, it wasn't just a matter of collecting taxes to build uh, the Roman roads and, and different uh, infrastructure and, and things that were there. But, but remember, he would place bids on how much he thought he could collect from the people, his own people, the Jewish people. And, um, and in that bid, so basically it was how much he thought he could rip off his own people. Essentially, he would collect for the Romans, but they only wanted a certain amount. And whatever he collected above that was his says he became very rich. He became very rich by robbing legally his own people using the system. He was the El Jefe. He was the chief. I loved how one pastor said, imagine like, like it says tax collector, but just think of him like as mafia, right? This is like a mafia boss. He's, he's the, the chief tax, tax collector. He's the mafia, but he's short. So he's like Danny DeVito as a mafia boss. Uh, there's the picture I just love. I will never lose that. Danny DeVito as the mafia boss is forever Zacchaeus in my mind. My wife was like, oh, it's kind of like Zootopia. For those of you who had kids, you know about Zootopia, the animated movie. And, and the, the mafia boss in Zootopia happened to be uh, this is, spoiler alert, it's been out long enough. He happened to be a mole. <laughs> so he's a little tiny figure that was the mafia boss. He was in charge of all the big wigs. And, and this is Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, he's been robbing people. He's been hurting families. He's been destroying community. This has been his livelihood, how he's defined his life and made his way in this life is through this destruction. We, um, it's interesting here that we see someone of a powerful status who has wealth, who has money, desiring to see Jesus. You know, too often I tend to become a little jaded in today's society of, of someone, especially of status and stature, 
desiring to see Jesus. We, t- we tend to think about Jesus reaching out to the marginalized, the down and the outs, and, and yet we, we sometimes, or at least for, for me and my sake, and, and, and so I'll be vulnerable here that my words are my words, and, and that too often I see Jesus in, in the margins of society to reach the poor and the orphans and the widows and the down and out and the mistreated and the abandoned and, and all these things. And we so often communicate this, but failing to recognize that maybe there might even be Zacchaeuses in our life or in our world who are also on the margins of society. They've done things and lived life in certain ways that they are also on the outskirts and are also not accepted in certain circles and ways of life. And I think it becomes really easy, you know, especially when it's not just a car that cuts me off, but when it's the Mercedes that cuts me off, right? I'm like, I can be a little jaded about, oh, yeah, yeah, I see, I see that. Like, anyway, I, I won't go any further down that road. That, that's, that, that is fraught with, with, with issues and, and, and I'm being vulnerable, but let's be careful how vulnerable. But I think, I think it's also important that we recognize in this story that we, that we don't separate ourselves too much in this story that, that we are so far unlike Zacchaeus. I think especially in America that most of us as Americans that we would recognize in the richest nation of the world. And, and even though I may not have the money for the, the Mercedes or whatever car or whatever house that even by the world's standards, I am classified as rich. I'm classified in this particular way that I must be able to try to find myself in Zacchaeus or those maybe that are in the way of Zacchaeus. We often see in the gospels, the crowd is used. And even though we, we see people in like, even with, with, with blind men, the crowd is in the way. The crowd is shouting down Bartimaeus, who's blind, trying to get his way to Jesus. The crowd is trying to stop the woman with the issue of blood. The crowd is in the way of stopping certain people who are on the margins from reaching Jesus. We see a similar thing here with Zacchaeus. I can only imagine in the, hated status that Zacchaeus carried, even though it was of his own making, that he has to climb a tree. You would think someone as powerful as Zacchaeus would be able to force his way through a crowd, through threat of life or more taxes or whatever it might be. And yet we see Zacchaeus in a desperate attempt for something. What is he desiring? But in this desperate attempt, he's even climbing a tree. And too often, I fail to see the richness of my own life or even my neighbor's life. My neighbor who has all of this, my family member who has all of this status and all of this wealth and all this stuff, what, is, what can Jesus have to offer them? What does Jesus have to offer Zacchaeus? But yet he wanted to see Zacchaeus and there's a crowd in the way. And I think it's an important note that that. I've often preached about us not being the crowd as the church in the way of the marginalized coming to Jesus, but we may, may we also not be a crowd in the way of anybody else, of even someone who we might deem in a different way. May we also not be the crowd in their way. May we not be anybody in the way of Jesus, but be a crowd that makes a way for people to get to Jesus, regardless of whatever status they carry, regardless of what we think about them even maybe attitudes we care about, we carry about people who we will never meet like movie stars and politicians and different people who we often think and carry an attitude about in such a way that we'll we'll just neglect them. We'll fail to pray for them. We'll fail to want to bless them and 
whatever that looks like. We, we tend to be in these ways, and social media has made it so easy because we're able to, to set them apart or pedestal them in, in certain aspects and ways of life. So when, back in Luke 19 and verse 5, we pick it back up. It says, when Jesus came by, he looked at Zacchaeus. I love that. He looked at Zacchaeus. I think this is an important thing to remember, especially if we feel like we might ever be in a position similar to Zacchaeus, that, that Jesus looks at Zacchaeus. Jesus desires to look at each and every one of us and calls him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. I don't know about you, but my heart, the overwhelming desire and aspect of what it would have been like to even hear, to, to, to make eye contact with Jesus and then to hear Jesus say my name and then for Jesus to say, come over to my house. Now I'm an introvert. I'd been like, really? Can we schedule this for a certain time? Like, do you have to do it like right now? Like, do I got time to clean up? Anybody like ever get worried about that story? Like sometimes like we want to say yes to Jesus, but we're a little scared about what Jesus may call us to do. <laughs> like, like we're like, like I, I want to give my life to Jesus because man, he's amazing. I hear all this. He died for my sins, all this stuff. But, but like, but Jesus, just don't ask me to go talk to those people or don't ask me to evangelize. Don't ask me to give. Don't ask me to feed the people. Like, like what? Like, I don't even know. Like, what is your thing that there's that thing of Jesus? He's like, come over to your house. I'm like, oh man, I used to, oh, I shouldn't say this. I used to want a sign. Uh, this is my introvert coming out. Like, like if I'm not expecting you, then don't expect me. I'm not, I'm not telling you that for you to go and put that as a sign. Uh, I will say I used to drive at the time I wanted to do that. It's probably God blessing me to, that I, for, to not do it. The Holy Spirit kind of speaking. I, I used to drive a church van back in San Angelo as a youth pastor. So I hold kids all the time and doing things. So I had a big 15 passenger van was like my vehicle with a big church logo all down the side that would park in my driveway. So I was always like, felt a little guilty. I was like, I really want to put that sign up, but I can't represent that way. <laughs> I was like, I knew it. And anyway, so it kept me from doing that. What is, what is, what is our moment? His, and then the crowd comes back again. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people, there's that but, and there's the thing, the negative that comes after it. But the people were displeased, quoting, he has gone to the guest of a notorious sinner. They grumbled. They've gone to, could you imagine in this situation, so many people are probably in the same position of Zacchaeus, desiring to see Jesus, make eye contact with Jesus, hear Jesus call their name and be welcomed by Jesus and have Jesus come to their home. Zacchaeus has already stolen so much from the people and he continues to rob them of what they thought they should deserve instead of him. And yet we find Jesus going to Zacchaeus' house. What's he going to do? What, does Zacchaeus need healing? Does Zacchaeus need uh, provision? Does Zacchaeus need food and bread on his table? What is Jesus going to do for Zacchaeus? I can only imagine the arguments and the grumbling and the complaining that would have happened in this moment. But yet Jesus, he's known and he's going. This would have put Jesus, this isn't just a matter of Jesus going to his house and having dinner. Like this puts Jesus in a whole nother light. This attaches um, definitions and words and labels onto Jesus because notice that they say the notorious sinner. So now what they're saying is now Jesus is also 
one of them. Jesus, I like how, how one uh, scholar has said, uh, it made Jesus a partner in crime with Zacchaeus. If I'm to hang out with Zacchaeus, who robs the community and people and destroys lives, then Jesus is just as bad. He is a partner in crime. He becomes a friend of this person. And here's Jesus going to Zacchaeus' house. And in Luke 19, it says, Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people, I'll, and if, <laughs> if it's still, so I, I'm totally commending Zacchaeus here, but I love how it's, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. I love this picture. So often we might look at somebody and think, what does Jesus have to offer them? And yet here's the miracle in Zacchaeus' life that's taking place. A transformation that comes because Jesus entered the situation. Jesus entered Zacchaeus' life. All of a sudden Zacchaeus is a person who's being listened to, who's being accepted. This shows me how much Zacchaeus was marginalized on the edge of acceptance, even in his life and even of his own hands and his own making. But yet he is also in a situation of need. May we all recognize that every one of us is in a marginalized situation in some form or fashion. And maybe some are far worse than others. And this isn't to... to he, he, make equal some of our situations to those who are in, in much more dire and, and, and hard situations. Let's be real, like Black Friday hits and then I'm like looking at all these websites and I'm like, man, I want to go over here. I want to get this. I want to get this. Like, like I'm in a position of privilege to be able to even consider, even though I never pull any trigger on anything because I always, as much as I talk myself into buying something, I talk myself out of buying something. It's probably not me. It's probably me and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's like, you don't really need that by the way. But like, but like even I just, just processing of the, what I had to live in and how I got to function and operate in the place of that I could even consider being in this place of being able to spend money on Black Friday and being in this situation. But yet we are finding there's a need. There's a miracle to take place. I believe each and every one of us has a miracle that Jesus wants to perform and it may not look like anybody else's. It may not look like the person you're next to or the person you had Thanksgiving with. And even that person at Thanksgiving that you feel may just... What does Jesus have to offer them in this life? What is, it, what is it that's needed? Maybe they're already a Christian. It isn't a matter of like being unchristian and coming into Thanksgiving dinner and you're like, you're, you're, oh man, this Thanksgiving prayer, I'm gonna bless this meal so hard, they're gonna get saved, right? Like you're like, what can I do at Thanksgiving? But maybe it's the thing of like, they're already Christian and you feel like there's just always such a perfect aspect of life. Perfect aspect. Zacchaeus is giving. And this is really important, I think, the order in which we see things. But let me, not, let me not skip ahead for a moment. Zacchaeus, he says, I'm going to give half my wealth to the poor. I mean, we talk about tithe and offering here in the church, and tithe is 10% that we believe, and Jesus even commends. He says, you know, even to the Pharisees, he says, it is good that you give the tithe, but there's something that's missing. 
You know, too often, I believe, even in, in our giving, sometimes we can try to like even check it off the list as in, okay, I, I've accomplished that. I, I've done that. I, I sent my text message with my amount to the text to give and, and it's, it's checked off the list and, and it's that amount and it's checked off the list. And, and what we see is we don't see Zacchaeus coming in and like, okay, in this midst of this transformation, what is the minimum I can do in this moment? Zacchaeus says, I'm going to give half my wealth, not a tithe of my wealth. I'm going to give half my wealth, but it goes even further than that because he says, I will give them back four times as much. Now we can find in Leviticus in the Old Testament, Leviticus chapter six, there are rules in five and six that are in place that if I was to wrong you or sin or do things of what I'm ordered to pay back as a part of this community. But even in that situation, you're only ordered to pay back 100% of what you stole so Zacchaeus, he says, if I have wronged anybody. So in all those if situations, Zacchaeus should be paying back 100% plus 20% compensation. So Zacchaeus should be paying back 120%, but yet he comes back and says four times as much. He so greatly outdoes this number. What is a miracle that would take place to cause a man who has seen security and, and confidence in money to say, you know what? All of this that I place my confidence and my livelihood in, I'm going to give half of it away. And then four times as much, I'm going to give back to right the wrongs that I have caused in life. This is so important. I don't know about you, but I saw the reminder I needed in my own life. I tend to not be as merciful as a person as my wife, as my wife who gives. And, and I love to be generous and generous in so many ways and generous with my time and, and resources. And, oh, I help you move uh, and, and do different things and like and whatever that looks like and in so many ways. And, but I've seen in my life where my generosity in regarding money has kind of gone through roller coasters or waves. And there are times where I've been super more generous and times that I've been less generous. Uh, I remember even doing homeless ministry where my wife and I, even out of our own pocket, had done so much feeding of the homeless and preparing meals and doing different things. When we, when we started doing homeless ministry, it wasn't a ministry of the life church. It was just something that God had placed on our hearts. And then we got our, our youth group involved in, in the teenagers and and then eventually became a part of the life church where they were doing that. And, and like, I, I remember one time where like here I'd spent so much money and, and feeding and things like that. And then one time my wife was like, oh I, yeah, I gave them, I gave them some money and this and that. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, like was, uh, I felt like it was like a moment of like, uh, Hey, silver and gold have I none, but I've got food and I got prayer. Like, like I was trying to justify it and go through these different processes because there are times where I'm more generous and times I'm less generous. There are times where, you know, you, you can always, you can always tell in certain areas, the, the, the scripture tells us as in, this is out of order. Matthew 6, 21 says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, I love how the Bible puts this in a particular order, where your treasure is, not where your heart is, there's your money. I think I would hear things like that in the world. I think uh, we might even agree with that of, oh yeah, where your heart is, there, there your But the Bible specifically puts it in the order of where your treasure is. And Zacchaeus says, I'm gonna take half my treasure and I'm gonna give it to the people. I'm gonna give it to the poor. I'm gonna give it to those in need. 
And then all those that I've done wrong, that I've hurt, that I've damaged, I'm going to right the wrong four times as much more than I have to, than I'm required to. He puts his treasure in a particular place. And what we see here that's so important is because then in Luke 19, verse 9, Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. Oh, could you imagine the people in this moment? Could you imagine Zacchaeus in this moment? A true son of Abraham, the people, the very same people who would reject him and not allow him to be a part of their society because of his job, because of his choices. A true son of Abraham, for the son of man has come to seek and save those who are lost. And I love this. It's so important to see that Zacchaeus made a decision to give before Jesus made a decision to save. Like there was a decision to be a part of this, to place my treasure in this particular place before Jesus then speaks of his reward and who he is. And so often in the church, we've got it in the way of like, no, no, no. Let me hear it in the sense of who I am. Let me receive salvation. Let me receive from Jesus in a particular way, whatever that form is that you're in need of, and then I'll give. And let's also not constrain giving to just finances that we're talking about. I mean, Zacchaeus is taking on a whole set of time requirements to even do this. He's taking on a, a whole responsibility to right these wrongs and to make this right. What is the giving? Maybe you're, maybe you're gifted in your finances and give of your, your money, but not so much of your time. Maybe the thing that God calls you to give is not even this particular thing, but maybe it is. But we tend to get these two things out of order. I've seen so many and, and people in the church and, 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 and give in such a way that, that they, they try to give to get. Maybe you've seen it. Or try to give to be in right standing. Like their purpose of giving is checking off the box. I, I, I wrote down a few thoughts here because I love how Isaiah says of God in Isaiah 55, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. And I tend to think that we have certain concepts and ideas about money and finances. And so here's a few that I wrote down for me. These are my thoughts, and, and, and maybe they resonate with you. My thought is, if I give, I won't have enough. But I believe God's thought is, if you give, you make room for new. And notice I didn't say make room for more, but you make room for new, because that's what we see even in Zacchaeus' life right here, is a making room for new. My thought is, if I give, I want to make sure it's a worthy cause. In leading homeless ministry, I heard this so much that if it wasn't my own thoughts that I had to battle with, but, but even in other people who, who well, if they, they, if they give to the thing, they want to make sure that it's really going to be worth it, as if they're really going to give, like, like, is he going to say thank you when I give him that food or that money? Like, is it going to be worth me giving to the person in need? So my thought is I want to make sure it's a worthy cause. But I believe God's thought is when you give to them, you give to Jesus. Because what Jesus said, what you do for the least of these, you do unto me. So in your giving, it's not about who you're giving to in the sense of that person who's receiving it. 
It's that when you give, it's a gift unto me. When you visit the person in prison, when you visit the, the, or, or take care of the orphan or the widowed, when, when you feed the hungry, those are acts that are maybe received by the person, but are done unto Jesus. So I should never have to worry. I remember, I've mentioned this before. I remember we had a wonderful church member who passed away during the COVID time and and I remember having a conversation with him that I, I think he missed this because I remember talking to him one time. He was doing a prison ministry or jail ministry there in San Angelo. I said, isn't it so beautiful and so wonderful that in all the things that you do, that you're doing, it's like you're doing them for Jesus. And there's almost like a but that came, a, a justification, and a, a reasoning, a, 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 a logical reason of why he's doing it. I'm like, but man, when we... When we give, it's like we're giving to Jesus. What we do for others, the least of these we do unto him. My thought versus his thoughts. If I give, I want to get. <laughs> but his thought is you give because you already got. What is your thought? What is your thought that you wrestle with, ponder, contemplate that you, that, that, tends to be a hindrance or even a speed bump. Maybe you still do it, but it's a, every time you come into this situation, there's a speed bump that you got to get over to be able to reach out and do this thing. We're moving into the holiday season where giving is absolutely, and if it's not giving to the family member, and, and, and I will say I am thankful that we draw names now. The Landers clan has gotten too big for all of us to buy gifts for all of us. And thank you, Lord, that, that we got some wisdom. I'm going to call it wisdom. And like, you know, we draw names now. And, and my daughters, poor, my poor girls now, they're no longer teenagers. They're adults. So they don't get gifts from everybody anymore. But my little niece, Ellie, like she gets, like everybody buys for Ellie. Like we take care of the little one and my granny. My granny gets a gift from everyone, and because uh, my, my granny, my granny's been buying Christmas presents when she wasn't allowed to buy Christmas presents. She came out of a religion where you couldn't do Christmas, so she gave us gifts at Thanksgiving. That was Thanksgiving for the Landers clan, and uh, so we all buy for my granny, and we all buy for Ellie, uh, and, uh, and all that situation, but we, we draw names to kind of manage our giving in this situation. We came out of holiday, and everybody's trying to get us to give. I know we, we give for, we give for, like, uh, memberships. We, we give for like, of course, all our streaming services. And like, I'm like, yeah, you know, I pay for this service. And then my daughter pays for this one. And I back, piggyback on her. And then my other daughter pays for this one. And I piggyback on her. You're like, any of y'all in that place that we're all like, there's so many services that we all want that we can't afford them all. They're trying to nickel and dime us to death that we're like, we just recognize that we got to borrow. Right? Like we're doing this kind of thing. And, but giving isn't it's not a service that we're trying to sign up for, that God's trying to get us to commit to and sign a contract. It's not something that, that we, if we give this, then there's this return on our investment. Now, I believe absolutely because the earth shows us as we sow seed and water that seed, that plants come forth and there's a natural thing that we see that, that comes out of the situation. And maybe it's not our seed and our plant. Maybe it's a seed that we're planting in someone else's life that, that's going to come forth and produce a fruit. But there's absolutely a sowing and a reaping principle that takes place. But our giving, our generosity, our time, our resources, our talents. 
And too often here in even Luke chapter 19, here in, after this story of Zacchaeus, we find in this very story that there's then a story that Jesus tells about talents and, and blessing and expecting a return. And too often, I don't know about you, that there are talents given to three people. And I too often have found myself in my life being the third person who says, but God, I knew you to be a hard man. And so I hid the money. I hid the talents. I hid the possessions. And I love even in this story when Jesus says, your words reveal even what you believe to be true. I say often the words are a reflection of the source rather than the destination. And we see even Jesus confirming this. He said, the words that you speak, I'm not saying they're true of me. I'm saying that you have made them true because of what you have said, you have brought to fruition. We have believed this to be true. And this is so important. And then my focusing on Zacchaeus, even in Matthew chapter 19, we have a story. Jesus told him in verse 21 of Matthew 19, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions, he says to a man, and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away very sad. And I like how it says, it doesn't, not because he had a lot of money. It says, for he had many possessions. He had many possessions. He had a lot of stuff. He had a lot of stuff. I don't know about you, but I got a lot of stuff. And too often I allow that stuff. Maybe it's even digital stuff. Maybe it's the social media, it's the video games, it's the movies, it's the, the YouTube. Uh, there's my guilty one right there. YouTube is my biggest streaming service that I stream way too much of. And too much stuff. And then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it is very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. I'll say it again, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved? They asked. Who in the world can be saved? You want to know who? Zacchaeus. And if Zacchaeus can be saved, then I must believe that each and every one of us in this space can also be saved. Because if Zacchaeus and all of his wealth can turn it over to a Jesus who would bring salvation into his home and say, what you think your security lies in is not what is going to bring you the life everlasting that you desire that each and every one of us need here in this life. And it will not help you in the heaven and post-mortem situations that you face. It will do you no good. But Jesus brings a life everlasting, a life right now, so much so that if Zacchaeus would take half of all his riches and pay back even four times the, the required legal amount of the law, then what can we do? What can we move in our lives? How generous can we be? with our resources and who we are as Christians. Because even in this situation, if it seems so impossible for a rich man, but yet we see a Zacchaeus, a short man climbing a tree to see Jesus. When's the last time that we climbed a tree, that we climbed into even higher ways of thoughts to get out of the way I'm thinking, to say it's not my thought, God, it's your thought that I need. 
We even get in dire situations, whether they're financial, whether marriage, whether relationships or work, and we get along with other people who are also experiencing the same situations. Too often we've been in relationship struggles and we get and go and talk to people who are also in relationship struggles and figure out, can't figure out why we can't get out of this rut. Saying get around even the church or other people who are in a different situation. Get out of your thoughts and get elevated to his thoughts. Jesus looked at them, the last verse, 26 of Matthew 19, says Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. Everything. Whether it's everything for you, whether it's everything for your, your relative, your, your child, your coworker, your boss. Maybe Zacchaeus is representing your boss in this situation and you felt like you've been too much of the crowd in the way and said, you know what? How can I bless my boss? Bless my teacher. Bless the parent of my child that I'm no longer in relationship. What does it look like? Who is the Zacchaeus's in our life. Can I pray for us this morning? Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus, and we thank you for Zacchaeus's, and we thank you for even the people to witness such miracles taking place. We thank you for this beautiful miracle of giving that took place in the life of Zacchaeus and the example that it sets even for us and the generosity that you would call us to. Help us, Father, to move in this place. Help us to move out of our thoughts into your thoughts. Help us to move out of even our old habits. Church, I want to tell you, I'm going to take a pause for, for a moment. Like, I recognize that I hate physical mail. And one of the reasons I hate mail is because for too much of my life, I lived paycheck to paycheck with no finances and disconnect notices in the mail. That I hated checking the mail. Nothing ever good, money never came to me in the mail. I don't know about your life, but nothing, nothing good ever came in the mail. It was junk mail or bills or, or notices and all, always somebody wanting something from me that I, I, I got into this place of hating it. Don't get me wrong, I, I, still, I still dislike it, but I, I've worked to overcome this anxiety that I experience regarding this area of my life. And I, I'm more blessed now not to, not to live in the same way that I did so many years ago, but yet I still experience this same pain and same anxiety in my life when this situation comes. Sometimes the miracles we need to overcome really are our thoughts situation that you've moved long far out of but you still live in a place of anxiety that you have maybe you have blessings you have financial resources you have time but to still let go and give to God out of your abundance even or C.S. Lewis I'm being challenged by C.S. Lewis who says like your giving should put you in a place that you have to give up something that you want like there may be something that you want, not a need, but a desire, a want, and you choose instead to not have the thing that you want so that you can give to somebody else in need. But may I, may I speak to maybe a challenge that you're facing? Let's continue to pray. Father, 
So right now, you know our thoughts. You know our hearts. You know our lives. You have blessed us. You have given to us. You have provided for us in every situation and circumstance. And, and, and even us here right now, we recognize right now that every good and perfect gift that we have ever received has come from you. And we give you the glory and the credit and the praise. But may we be aware and listen to your voice of the Holy Spirit and what you would call us to do. And even if we are not ready for giving a tithe, then may, may God, may you speak to those of us. What is the percentage that you would call us to give? What is the amount that you would call us to give? What is the person that you would call us to give to or the organization, whether it be this church or, or a different organization that you would challenge us to commit to, even if it was just for a time? And God, may we be blessed. In the same way, if we give our lives to Jesus, we give our lives to you, there is a, a blessing beyond measurement that comes to us. And we don't do it for that blessing. We do it because of how good you are, that we give our lives to you. But there's a blessing that you want to give to us because you're our father and we're your sons and daughters. And during this final song, God, we will commit our attention, our focus to you in this time to hear your voice, to hear your words, to see the face of Jesus. May we be Zacchaeus's in this time. May we make eye contact. May we hear our name. May we be accepted and listened to and received in this space. And this is my prayer for all of us. Amen. Let's stand. I didn't, I didn't lead you in a prayer of salvation or, or uh, lead you in repeating a prayer, but our prayer team is going to come up and be available. And they're here because they love you and they care about you. And even after service, and uh, even if you want prayer from a, a specific person, we're all here for you. But I would just encourage you or challenge you to come forward and receive prayer. And maybe that is to give your life to Jesus here today. Um, I mean, this is a holiday Sunday. If you're here, you're probably like, you, you probably gave your life to Jesus. You're the truly dedicated Christians, right? And get an amen from, from y'all that are here. No, I'm not speaking about anybody else that's not here, but y'all are here. And we thank you and we, we love you. And we care about you. And so whether we stand in the place of salvation or a place of miracles, miracle of healings, miracle of breakthroughs, miracle of giving, whatever it is, we're here for you. So let's stand and let's worship in Jesus' name. Amen.